Hello and welcome to another edition of My Media Life, brought to you by the World Media Group. My name is Arif Durrani, and in each edition, we speak to an interesting leader from the world of media and marketing to find out a little bit about their career path, um, any advice they have for those starting out today, uh, the media they find inspiring and much more besides. So do stay tuned. Now, today we have a real treat. We have a chief creative officer from Asia Pacific, um, Natalie Lam, chief creative officer at Publicis Group uh, across Asia Pacific and uh, Middle East and Africa joins us. Natalie, many thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for inviting. I mean, it, it, tell us a little bit about your remit because it sounds huge. It sounds like you're straddling half a world there creatively for Publicis Group, which is one of the biggest marketing groups in the world. So, so tell us about the setup. Yeah, so so it is a huge region, a few different continents, and 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 many places that I haven't really been to because of COVID. Um, so essentially, it's it's we we're operating as a group, right? So we focus on four areas: creative, data, tech, and media. And then, obviously, there's different agencies. Um, so the creative brands. In all the markets, there are the, um, your Leo Burnett, Saatchi, Publicis, and then the digital brands are Razorfish, Digitas, and then we have PR brands such as MFL and Media, obviously, Starcom. So we, we really work as an integrated group, and uh, what we offer is the power of one solution. And my specific focus since a little bit more than a year ago, I start with creative. I mean, obviously the end goal is we have a integrated offering that combines all four areas, right? But right now my focus is starting with all the creative agencies and the com creative community of 3000 plus people <laughs> with creative in their title from all the different agencies and you know all the different markets so um yeah yeah incredible so you're based in, one big community you're based in hong kong. yes sorry yeah um, so you're based <laughs> in hong kong just setting the, the context for people so there's all of those well-known and well-respected agencies uh, with so many uh, people who are creative in their job title like you say how on earth does one person <laughs> sort of oversee the creative output Wow, it's impossible, right? I mean, I wouldn't use the word oversee. Um, okay. I would use the word collaborate. I mean, because at the end of the day, um, everybody has has used this term. It's all about the teamwork, right? This is we are a talent business. We're at the end of the day, and it's all about the talents and all about you know how we can what can we do together as a strong team rather than what each one individual can do is just impossible. So for me, I mean, for me, yes, as um, in the beginning, it's very overwhelming. I have the same question as you. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, you know, after a while, I just realized there's, there's common, common themes, right? So, you know, in, in all the markets, uh, having strong creative teams, having strong sort of specialists, right? Your, your classic copy art. Now, um, I also think that we, we're in a digital age. So like in my eyes, integrated talent 
is um, is critical, as well as craft um, design and craft talent. So I think at the end of the day, it's about whether in all the markets and all the teams, do we have the right setup? Do we have the right teams with the right skill sets and with the right sort of specialties mm-hmm. set up? And then if, if um, the market has the right people set up, great, then they can just be really operating on their own without a lot of, a lot of um, sort of, um, I, I don't want to use the word supervision, right? But without a lot of um, effort, right? And as in some markets, yes, I mean, because of market scale, because of size, and then the talent concentration, maybe they don't have um, some specialists and whatnot, then this is where my role comes in, right? I can, I can really leverage the network and leverage the community to say, hey, if you need a, for example, a designer, a really, really amazing designer, you don't have one in your market, then there's, you know, your neighbors has someone like that. So we can, we can connect you and help you out. So I think my role is, it's a lot about being a connector, mm-hmm. <laughs> being, being sort of like a traffic control in a way <laughs> where I see all the, all the actions that are going in and then I see where things are stuck and then where things are going smoothly. And then I kind of figure out how to use our resources and how to use our specialists um, to just smooth out everything and then make sure that everything is well running. And then also, you know, at, from time to time, you know, I do work on, on um, projects and then, and then lead clients and brands myself. So then that's where, where I go really deep with the local teams and then also connect with the local clients to, to elevate the output and then to broaden the thinking and then all that good classic creative stuff. Yeah, so you still get time to do that, do you sometimes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I have to. (laughs) Actually, it's uh, good or bad, right? The teams I work very, very closely with, I don't give up until until the last detail is taken care of. Yeah, okay, it makes sense. That's great. Thank you for that overview. It's really interesting. Um, Now, what does the media industry mean to you? It's really interesting because when I first saw this question, I was like, what does media mean, right? I mean, in the advertising world, media agencies, that's, that's, one, that's one very, very specific, specific thing. But then the media world um, with brands and pub- publishers, that's a very, very different thing. So I think your question is about, you know, the, the media world, such as the New York Times, the Guardians, um out there i i think it means a lot it means everything (laughs) because i'm even though i'm i've been in hong kong for a year plus i still go check out new york times i mean it's it's still my go-to to to sort of get like a more balanced perspective in the world and then yeah and then absolutely like we purposely didn't define that first question because we think it's interesting how people interpret it I mean, obviously, some agencies will see it as media agencies. Some people will see it as an editorial question. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so for you in your career, the media, I imagine, has been the 
the interface where your creative work meets the consumer. Yeah, and I guess I guess now everything is a media, right? If you look at it at <laughs> in a very broad sense, all of us are walking medias. <laughs> And social media, so right. it depends on who's who's behind it, I guess, and then who's the ultimate, you know, uh, sort of like uh, on the cons- consume consumption end of it. It's a it's a really interesting question. Okay, what's what's one piece of advice that has helped in your career? Would you say? Oh, there's so many, but I think one thing that that I got early on and I was pretty surprised is listen well. Um, and, and I'm glad that I, I got that in very, very early because I was, uh, I was just starting and then I was always wondering how come, you know, when, when did my work get recognized and then when, when, when would it not, right? And then it doesn't seem like there is a, that there was a rhyme or reason. And I think, you know, what it, how it was back in the days, it's very hierarchical. And then when you're a junior, you know, you just do, you just did everything that your seniors told you. So, and then a lot of people rarely bother to explain. And then as juniors, we just where a lot of times we try everything and then we cross our fingers and then hope <laughs> something would work. Um, and then, so after a long time of discussing, finally, I think in my in one of my reviews, um, that was the advice, right? And then, and then I think I learned to really listen to every single word that every single person says, and then sort of, then I put to you know, the what they say and then what the outcome is together, and sometimes I sort of deduct the conclusion. <laughs> of the cause and effect. And then sometimes I, you know, sometimes it's much more um, obvious and then sometimes it's not, but I think listen well. Yeah, it's, so, um, and it's, it's a really good advice for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a great piece of advice for sure. Um, uh, what's the favorite thing about your current job? Oh my God. I always tell people that this is cultural tourism. So every single market is so different, so diverse. Every team is so different. The personalities are different. I mean, I think that that's the first word I use in describing my experience. I mean, you can basically travel around the world just by being on Teams calls. <laughs> so I think, um, and we, we, in the past two years, we, we excelled at making a lot out of nothing and just by standing in front of a computer uh, doing Zoom or Teams calls. So, so every time I talk to a team from a different market, I learn something new. I, I learn a little bit more about the culture. Obviously, it's not the same as actually being there, right? I mean, being there is so much more multidimensional, but just a little bit that I'm talking to people and then observing them, their mannerisms, their little jokes, and then habits and whatnot, their expressions. All of that, I learned a lot and endless things to learn, you know? I mean, yeah. I think right now I'm only learning probably the, the top 10 sort of like cliche things that tourists know about each market that I haven't been to yet. Um, so a lot more. 
Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just fascinating. Yeah. Give, give us some of your, um, your favorite um, uh, insights into different markets. So are there, is there anything you've learned locally recently, which is, you know, like you say, maybe a cliche, but, but you found to be true or any sort of interest oh my God. which has surprised you? Let's start with India. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, in the beginning, people like to talk over each other. <laughs> and they're so good in, in, in every meeting. They are, you know, I, I think I learned somewhere that your own name is the sweetest sound in the world. And somehow every meeting everybody managed to say blah 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 Natalie blah da 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 da, da Natalie da da, da 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 so it's a very effective way of of catching people's attention sure. and it always sounds like every time it's not a discussion but you know everybody is so good at selling right. <laughs> and in such a funny way that in the beginning I was like why is everybody selling, right? Well, we're just updating and then getting sort of like just chatting and discussing about something and then sharing work, sharing ideas. And then after a while, I just, I just accepted it. It's just, it's funny. Yeah. yeah and so. then, um, and then you just have to learn, you know, some markets are very, very structured. So for, so for example, Hong Kong, everybody's very on time everybody pride themselves in terms of you know doing everything perfectly right in some other markets people are just much more laid back and then you know you need to give a little bit of room of surprise and then even though this is this is the plan you know maybe 20 percent of the time there's nice little surprises that's just how it is that's just how like you know how things flow so yeah it's really interesting do you think these cultural nuances um ever sort of manifest themselves in the creative work oh yeah absolutely 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 i mean i think everybody you know everybody know that classic thai commercials are always like there's no logic but (laughs) but somehow it works and then you know Sorry, you just, just explain, train explain what you mean by that for for people elsewhere oh, okay so for people who haven't seen a thai commercial uh they're also always very funny very deadpan i mean i'm just generalizing sure and um it's always you don't never know how long it is <laughs> it's like sometimes <laughs> it can be 10 minutes sometimes it can be four minutes sometimes with the three and then um you know sort of like your your sometimes western sort of rules of thumbs of oh, okay for first three seconds you must have the brand right so people can recognize it and then no longer than 30 seconds or 90 seconds and whatnot because people don't have the attention span in some markets it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of things are just, I think, reflects the local culture, right? People like to be entertained. People like to to get together as a group and then, you know, sing, dance, laugh, watch something together. So there's a lot of things where where um, it's quite amusing, you know, if you're the first time come in contact with these. 
and if you're used to a certain standard, certain way of looking at the world. Yeah. So, so in a in the beginning, I was, um, yeah, I was kind of expecting whenever we do work reviews, right, like a certain type of solutions for certain brands, and these are global brands. But then just the amazing way that the teams interpret them in the local flavors. <laughs> And um, and it works. It just uh, it's quite incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's really interesting insight. Now, what what <laughs> advice would you give to people starting a, a media or marketing career today? Oh, okay. I think they're extremely blessed yet extremely challenged. Blessed is because they have endless resources, influences, and sort of like um, tools at their disposal, twenty four seven on demand. Now, that's also a huge challenge because you don't have time to make your own decision. So how do you have a strong point of view and see things with clarity and then make up your mind, you know, what suits you and what doesn't suit you? So what, what's your voice? What's your, what's your thing? I think, uh, again, I mean, like watching teens grow up in this age where everything is there for free nonstop, um, making their own decisions and finding a grounding, I think is a very, very difficult thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, back in the days when we don't have, when we didn't have any of these actually limitations, I thought was quite helpful in, in having a focus and in making up your mind, you know, your decisions, your choices, it's up to you rather than all the, uh, all, all the infinite, availabilities um sort of like false signals out there yeah yeah right lots lots in there and and when it comes to you what would you describe as your own personal you know secret talent oh i think i can make very complicated things pretty simple fantastic so yeah, so I, I think it ties into that advice of listen well. And so whenever there's a lot of conflicting opinions and sort of like different going into different directions, I am pretty good at taking a step back and then prioritize and then look at what is the most important. Start with that mm -hmm. there and then focus um, and then set some kind of clarity. Yeah, rather than being overwhelmed. Yeah, that's a great secret talent to have in the industry you're in. Uh, the ability to simplify, amazing. Okay, and where do where do you get your daily news from? You mentioned the New York Times earlier. Do you still look to to the US for inspiration by the sounds of it? Oh, um, it's a mix. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I I would have to say, you know. The, unfortunately, nowadays everybody is stuck in an echo chamber. So my 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 blend is uh, New York Times, local news, a little bit of BBC, a little bit of what's what's all my friends and family sharing. <laughs> so yeah. so it's a little bit of a a, 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 a mashup. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know. What do you get from from the New York Times and the BBC? What is it? Is it sort of general news and knowing what's going on in the world? Is there 
are there specific things you turn to which help in your career? I was wondering, you know, what... what uh, yes, I think the headlines, absolutely headlines, because that's the, I would say, representing sort of the Western, <laughs> Western view. Okay. Um, and, and I still love, I think New York Times just does editorial in, in such a brilliant way, right? So I still, from time to time, I go to the style section, the, the tea magazine, you know, and then sort of try to keep up in touch with the latest in terms of lifestyle, culture, um, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, with the BBC, obviously, it's a, it's a slightly more European yeah. way of looking at things and a non-US way of looking at things. And then, I mean, obviously, you Hong Kong. difference between the two? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And, and and the BBC is that is that the website or is it a TV channel or oh the website I don't have a TV. Okay. <laughs> wow, <laughs> don't have a TV. Yeah. So where do where do you get your creative inspiration from? Just out of interest. It's really everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think I find because um, I'm such an observant person, so there's a lot of things from everywhere that triggers me and. I'm someone who like to find sort of um, anomalies in little anomalies in the world. So whether it's a little a little fun, you know, habit of someone sitting next to me, a small joke, or you know, something that's just um, a bit amusing, you know, in daily life, social media. Mm-hmm my friends and family, my parents, my, my colleagues, or big world news. Um, it's everywhere. It's really everywhere. Yeah. Work. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not all about the work, like getting only my inspirations in the, in the so-called creative world proper. It's, it's everywhere. You're open to everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Real life, real life. And for me, life is short. You're here for what, 80 years. <laughs> And there's so much, so much inspirations all around from people, from culture, from, from the, the, the physical world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which media brands are most important to you? And uh, with this question, we were thinking about maybe lifestyle, maybe platform based, you know, just how people would like to interpret that. Mm. I actually, yeah, the two most go-to, my, my two most go-to, absolutely, actually three, three channels, let's talk, New York Times, Instagram, because mm-hmm. um, I actually use Instagram as I follow a lot of inspirations, I mean, talking about inspiration, mm-hmm. so, you know, besides being a, a, a creative, that's, I think about strategy, big pictures and whatnot. I'm also very, very obsessed about styles, about design, about fashion, culture. So I follow a lot of photographers, artists and filmmakers and uh, whatnot. So Instagrams, that, that's the source for me. Uh, I also listen to a lot of podcasts. Podcasts, okay. Yeah, yeah. And to it- get sound bites and little stories, news, a collection of different things. Right. Okay. And are they global podcasts or are they, do they tend to be localized or? Yeah. Global, global and local. 
Yeah. Any examples you can, I know uh, our listeners, viewers like to, you know, follow up. So if there's any recommendations you have of, of podcasts they should tune into. Yeah, absolutely. The New York Times Daily, which I'm sure everybody, most people listen to. Um, I know lots of I think people my top... will be really happy with your 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 uh, plugs throughout the throughout the interview there that they'll be very happy that it's such an oh my god it's classic and, and, it's and classic how are things generally in hong kong now sort of as a as a pandemic we hope is uh sort of in retreat are, are things coming back to normal is it is it how it was are, are any significant differences still well it depends on what you mean by no, normal right oh, sure. so everything is Everything is, uh, is contextual. Um, so the difference between Hong Kong and I would say Asia and the Western world is people are so health conscious here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they, they prioritize health over, um, I would say, <laughs> the, the in, in, individual choices. Okay. So they, you know, I mean, in terms of the extreme measures of, in the Western lens, some of the some of the habits that that the Western world challenge, such as wearing masks, right, basic things, here is, it's welcome. If you don't wear a mask in the public, you're looked at as someone who can potentially endanger the crowd, the group, the community. Sure. So, so it's everybody's responsibility to take care of their surrounding as well as themselves. Um, so, so, so with that, yeah. yeah, a lot of sort of like, I would say sanit- sanitary measures, heightened awareness is very, very normal here mm-hmm. because health is number one. I mean, if you're looking into the culture, right? Food culture, everything besides taste, there's always a benefit. If you eat a lot of this, then it's good for your this. If you eat too much of this, it's not good for your body. And so everything is equal parts taste and then equal parts, what does it do for your health? So I think that's something where in a society, I mean, I was in New York in the first year of the pandemic, you know, it's, a, it's such a different society. So their individual freedom is absolutely important, mm-hmm. right? And then people kind of tough it out. <laughs> so what if you, <laughs> if you have a sort of like a flu-like symptom? Uh, here, it's, it's very different. Also, I mean, here, it's, um, everybody lives with three generations. Right. So your responsibility right. yeah. of not to get sick is much more important. Right. Yeah, really, right? It's, no long, it's not just about you. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, you know, because of this hyper-awareness and the diligence that everybody does to, to try to do COVID zero, because mm-hmm. I mean, people, I think most people, they want COVID zero because no, they don't want themselves nor their family to be affected. Yeah. Um, the rest of what Hong Kong does, eating, shopping, still a lot of that. <laughs> I think it's just because it's, um, everybody lives in very, very small spaces. So they, they can't stay in. 
they just cannot stay in. They need their fast-paced shopping, entertainment, you know, um, social activities with fr friends, family, mm -hmm. and three generations, very, very family-oriented culture here. Yeah, so it, it's all relative. I mean, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. shopping is more, more, <laughs> more in demand than ever. Yeah, it's good to get that market insights, actually. And, and those differences um, are really interesting, aren't they? Um, so for you personally, how do you switch off from, you know, the always on culture we have? Um, uh, I cook. Right. <laughs> I uh, My little bit of time that I'm switching off from work is, is uh, improvise on making food because uh, that's also a necessity right I have to eat <laughs> so so I like I like making things and getting my hands dirty so that's the little bit of time that I I can do it and I try to exercise I mean do yoga and take walks yeah very very basic I mean if I do have time uh audiobooks um what film mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but yeah but those times are very very hard to find nowadays what are your but i think i think natalie if, I, if we were to come around to your house and you were to cook for us what would be your you know what would be your go-to meal to, to give to a guest you know what's amazing with the pandemic there are two things that i cannot live without one is um an air fryer okay. <laughs> one is an instant pot so, so anything that is a good stew that usually take a long time, now I can make it in thirty minutes. Yeah. And and at the you know on the opposite end of the spectrum, guilt-free, oil-free, crispy, <laughs> fried food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that would be the mix that you'll get. Yeah. Okay. That's your treat food. Yeah. I understand. Thank you. Sounds delicious. Now, yeah. really, who or what inspires you? I know we've touched upon this at various touch points throughout this interview. But, uh, is, if, is, if there's any individual or company? or uh, Wow, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I always respect people who have a very, very strong point of view and very strong conviction in what they believe in because I just think that the world is so, there's, it's just so overwhelmed with choices, with influences, with with voices and hype and trends and all that. So um, if I see someone who doesn't matter what they do, it could be a creative, could be a big name, could be a performer, could be a, you know, author, um, could be just, you know, someone who's, who's not having a glamorous job, right? But if they have um, strong convictions, um, rather than following the trends, those people are inspiring for me because I think that's 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 how you uh, still you know sort of like living a real life in this largely very virtual world full of sort of false signals. I would say. That's interesting. Are you thinking of anyone in particular, or do you just mean like people with strong opinions in in general? Can you elaborate? Well, strong opinions with reason. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I think I think um, um, I mean we've gone through if we are looking in 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 the U.S. culture, right? For example, you know, in the past ten years, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of social justice topics and and concerns, and I think there's always a few that are genuinely, you know, thought leaders in various fields. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of me too's. There's a lot of people who are sort of like pick an easy cause and follow without really deeply processing. Um, so I really respect the the originals, you know, the original thinkers. And then, I mean, obviously, a lot of these issues and topics, me and my friends, you know, my circles, my colleagues, we, do, we discuss a lot. And I would have to say, you know, there's it's, it's actually kind of easy to have a popular opinion. <laughs> but uh, when I hear someone who has a very, very sort of like um, original convicted voice, that's where, that's when I really respect those people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Again, it's down to nowadays anything's possible. So how do you, how do you really have a strong, clear voice and, and you know, conviction, clear conviction? Mm. I think that's, that's yeah, the, understood. yeah. I mean, if you look at film, right? Film is one of my favorite, favorite pastimes, the filmmakers, right? Um, some of the classic directors and filmmakers whether they are from the 60s, 70s, 90s, um, that power, that, that, that sort of creativity, that or- originality, um, if you're comparing to the newer generation, it's hard for the newer generation of directors mm. to, to replicate that impact. I think it's, it's because everything is possible. So... How do you become original? How do you how do you bring in something new? It's, mm. it's really a big challenge nowadays. Yeah, well, look, that's great. Thanks so much for spending time with us, Natalie. Um, really appreciate it. And um, you know, best of luck with your with your huge remit. Keep being inspired <laughs> by the original thinkers. Thank you. <laughs> I will be. I will be. There's plenty of them here. <laughs> Thank you. This is like a great pleasure. Fun chat. Thank you, Natalie. Some really interesting insights there into um, Hong Kong and and India and um, also what it's like to be a creative across such a big uh, global network. Um, I hope you guys found it interesting. To find out more about My Media Life or the World Media Group, do go online, worldmediagroup.com. And until the next time, do take care.